Hey Johnny, how you doing there, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. I just got fr got back from a hunting trip. Oh yeah, how'd you make out? Uh, I did pretty good. You know, uh, I didn't fill my cow tag because uh, the elk yeah. were being little bitches, mm -hmm. but I did fill my buck tag. And of course, you know w what happens when you, right after you get get your buck. You know, you think you got something really cool. You think you got like something really like worthy to throw up on your wall or mount or something like that. You you find your perfect buck. And you shoot mm -hmm. him, and it's all fantastic. What what inevitably happens right after that, right? Okay, um, well, you you take it to the gift shop, and they wrap it up for you, right? <laughs> uh, no, no such luck. No, you, you always see a bigger, better buck. They always come out right oh. after you've already killed yours. Like, I don't know if you've oh, ever had that yeah. experience, but I totally have. I've now, never had that experience, but I was married before, so, yeah, I sort of get the gist of what you're saying. <laughs> Um, now, wouldn't you guess that not only did I shoot my buck and see something better, but I saw the absolute best possible buck that there is out there? Okay. I mean, we're talking like 16 points on each side, like just this magnificent stud, and I'm pretty sure it didn't actually have male genitals. Mark, I think I saw the fabled queen deer. The, not the queen deer, Johnny. I think I saw the queen deer. You know, the overlord of all the deer in the forest. I'm pretty sure that I, I, I was graced by her presence. You saw the David Bowie deer? I, I, I did. I saw the David Bowie deer. <laughs> Welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny. We get together and we talk King of the Hill and we talk about the good and the bad and the high and the low... And we talk about deer and their ability to swap gender at a moment's notice. And we talk about Mark and his imaginary <laughs> wives. And I didn't drown that boy, but I was also never married. And everything I say is a lie except for that. So you tell me what's what. And Johnny, you want to jump into it, buddy? I absolutely do. Uh, so, Mark, I don't know about you. I'm really excited about both our episodes this week. Like, really excited about them. I got some stuff to say about a lot of stuff on here. I've got, like, pages of notes. It's uh, so it was a good it was a good week for us I think uh, we're gonna start we, off yeah. with, we're gonna start off with episode forty three Good Hill Hunting original air date December first nineteen ninety eight uh, the writer of this episode is Joe Stillman Joe Stillman okay. uh, has got some a lot a lot of executive story editor we talked about this guy before he wrote Square Peg he wrote Keeping Up with Our Joneses we recently talked about him with Peggy's Headache this is his last written by credit. But yeah, he's okay. he was like the story editor on almost all of the first season episodes, co-producer on a whole bunch of different stuff, consultants on a bunch of different stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, he was a consultant on our last episode, uh, Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men, which uh, warranted the all-fabled Blue Flame of Valor from you. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guy's got some pretty cool stuff. Um, he knows what he's about. Yeah. 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 Our uh, cast of characters for Good Hill Hunting is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con Min and Connie Supanusipone, John Redcorn, Eustace Miller, and James. I don't know who James is. Mark, who's James? I reckon James is the guy at the reception desk at Lagruna, maybe? Either that or the... No, he's got to be the guy that uh, doesn't give Hank a hunting permit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know the okay so they missed they missed the lagruna desk person but yeah they yeah. don't need credits yeah. 
Yeah, they're peons, Johnny. You don't credit peons. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. Um, you want to give us a synopsis, Mark? Um, yeah. It's hunting season after Thanksgiving somehow in Texas, and the timeline really screws me up. But it's hunting season in Arlen, and all the children, all the, all the male children and one poor little Supanusenpone child has to, you know, they, they get to go hunting, and they're going to go become men. But wouldn't you know it, and, and, and wouldn't you know it, Bobby is so damn excited to go become a man, and Hank really just drops the ball on this one for being, you know, Arlen's greatest running back of all time. He really fumbles this ball, Johnny, and he doesn't get a license, and Bobby misses, misses out on a crucial rite of passage, and we laugh Last and we up, love yeah. and we learn something about being a man and being a woman, maybe, too. I don't know yet, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a hell of a synopsis, man. Uh, reads leads us right into our A story. Our A story is really just Hank and Bobby in this episode. It's a good father son episode, as yes, uh, honestly, a uh, um, hunting episode should be. I think uh, this is not yep. me being sexist. Women can hunt. They can do all the all of the same things that guys can. But there's something about watching a father and a son go on their first hunt together that is just right in the world. I think, at least in my world, yeah. it is. No, absolutely. Like. Yeah, fantastic father-son episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, Mark, that you've got some hunting experience with your granddad. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've had some limited hunting experiences, but I've had a lot of shooting experiences with my dad. Like, there is something about it, about getting out and doing that sort of activity with your older male figure that just, like, you, you never forget it. They're formative, no. they're formative moments in your life. So I think this is – it's a very – important episode for Bobby and Hank's development. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I, we can jump into pros and cons, but I always like to hear your notes first. you got any uh, real cool notes from this episode, Mark? I have several notes. Number one is Bill shitting in people's yards. <coughs> I Where does that come from? That is literally the very first line when they're looking at the deer and... I want to say it's Dale goes, yeah, but there was the droppings too. And Bill goes, oh, yeah, that was probably the deer. <laughs> and then later on we I see Bill that. rooting through the trash can. Is Bill shitting in people's yards? Anyway, I'm, I bet he is. It's Bill. Like, this, we're, we're about to, to see Bill hit Bill. rock bottom. Like, yeah, like, we haven't seen Bill launch that spirit bomb yet. Listeners, tune in from last week. We're still waiting on Bill's dump pant spirit bomb, but oh boy, <laughs> he's almost got it charged and what smells like deer? That's right. It's Bill shitting in your yard. Um, <laughs> I like Bobby talking shit in this episode. He's cute. I He's just adorable. Like, he doesn't know what he's gonna... When, when him and Joseph are, you know, sitting there being little boys talking about it, you know? Uh-huh. And I, I love Bobby. He's so cute. Um, That's really just more of a con- or pro for me. What beetle... What beetle are they talking about? We don't know, and I want to know, damn it. <laughs> I kind of want to know what Dale's afraid of. There's got to be some yeah. sort of like pesticide-resistant beetle that he's not going to be able to kill that will mess him up, and that's why he's o- afraid of it. Other than ventriloquist dummies, yeah. Yes. Um, um Sorry. I, I, once again, I cannot read my own notes. I made you these permit tag bags out of freezer bags from Peggy. Fantastic job, Peggy. You made this bag by putting something in it. Like <laughs> right? You did that, Peggy. You did that. You're a part of this now. <laughs> um, This is a weird foreshadowing episode, and I will talk to you about that when we get there, because I don't want to spoil it. Um, And that's pretty much all I've got for my weird notes. Okay. 
but I will probably yell at you as we get to them. I have a lot of, like I said, I've got like three pages on my little phone screen and I'm trying to like flip through them. It, no worries, man. No worries. Insane amount. But yeah, what about you? You got anything that stood out to you? Um, so I'll jump into some of my pros here. I think we don't see a lot of cold opens in this show and we haven't seen a lot up until this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they were just kind of toying with the idea or if they were just like, well, this is this would be kind of a fun way to introduce the episode before all this other stuff. And I think this is one of the best. I love Dale and his like paranoia about the queen deer. I love his, <laughs> I'm going to... Like, like you stay exactly still. I'm going to photographically memorize your face. And then he looks right back at him and Dale totally just like freaks out. Um, yep. It's, it is a hilarious way to start up this episode because Dale also talks a big game about being a soldier of fortune and all the guns that he's got, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's just fantastic way to introduce this episode and this content. Um, <laughs> We finally are, are getting to see Dale and his love of army surplus, and that's going to come back many times. Yep. His whole, like, three-minute sequence where he's going through, okay, well, Joseph's going to get the night vision goggles, and Bobby's going to get the tax site, and I'm going to have the deer wee-wee, and, and he has that whole <laughs> moment where him and Joseph are, are, are talking on their Soviet headsets, and, and yep. they get into the weird, like, I'm watching this, and uh, both my wife and I, we look at each other, and... She says something to me like, this is the perfect example of nature versus nurture, if you've ever seen one. Because he is not Dale's biological son, and yet he is his son. Yep. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, Bobby's fantasy when he's talking with Joseph about what it's going to be like to hunt with his dad. I think it's really smart of them to do a direct juxtaposition of him and what he expects this trip to be, and then Hank and what he expects the trip to be. <laughs> Yeah. Like, they are so far apart on this. I I think it's a really good way to set up the conflict mm-hmm. without spending too much time, but also getting in some fun stuff. I think Bobby's fantasy is fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's, it, that is one of my pros is that fantasy. Yeah. It, it, that's the yeah. uh, we blew our animation budget. Yes. The episode shot. Like, in the best kind of way. Yeah. Like, man, that that scene looked like um for, for – um, Never mind. Never mind. Skip what I'm about to say. Never mind. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I can't make a coherent statement. What did you think about the fact that Khan is taking Connie to go hunting? I think it's a very keeping up with the Joneses moment. Okay. The hillbillies are doing this thing. I have no interest in doing this thing, but I will outperform the hillbillies. Okay. Also, it's expected. The dads are doing this thing. Khan has to do this thing. Bill and, and Boomhauer, they're tangential. They don't count. They, they don't matter. They don't have kids. They're just kids. going to hunt to hunt because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have the kids, whatever. We don't need to see what they're doing. Like, they, this isn't their episode. This is the dad's episode. I'm almost disappointed, though, that we didn't get to see, like, some Khan and Khan Jr. shenanigans. I am a little sad about that, too. Like, I, know, I thought it was... It would have been cool to, like, just have them enjoy nature together for a moment. Like... yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought it was very forward thinking of Khan to take Connie. And we know that Khan has always wanted a son. It's why he named Connie Khan Jr. Yeah. But no, I like the way that you put that, the keeping up with the Joneses aspect. Khan likes to present that he does not give a shit about what the hillbillies in the alley think of him. And mm-hmm. this is a very much a, uh, if I don't do this, I'm not going to live it down. 
So I'm going to do it and I'm going to take my kid. Yeah. If anything, just to rub it in like, you know what? I've got a girl and she jacked it all of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wonder if Connie kind of wanted to hunt a little bit too, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, she does all sorts of weird shit for her, uh, her like extracurriculars and her college essays and all that stuff. I'm sure she doesn't mind hunting. You got to look good for Chico State, man. Chico State. Oh yeah. Party school. <laughs> um, I've got in here that of course Eustace uses passive solar power. Like, Are you mad at Eustace for being green, Johnny? Yes. Why? Because he is the most obnoxious type of green. The 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 what do you call that virtue signaling green? Yes, this is this yeah. is the guy that in my neck of the woods would come from Peonia, in your neck of the woods would come from oh my god, what's that place that you live by that's got the cult? Crestone. Crestone. Yes, like he's the dude from Crestone that comes into town and just like reeks of patchouli oil and weed he's got like all sorts of stupid braids or something in his hair and then just continues yeah pretty much and then yeah and tells you that since you're not eating grass-fed beef you're ruining the planet yeah 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 yeah. but then jumps into their like they're from you know what eustace is from boulder we can call it we're getting real local here guys sorry about it but like nah eustace is from boulder he drives a P- Prius, he uses passive solar, but he only drives the Prius to the store. When he commutes to work, you know he's got, like, something gross, like an F-150 or a Suburban or something. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, and that's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. why I said um, Creston, because everybody's everybody's got that one weird hippie commune town that's right in their area. Like, for you, it's Creston. For me, it's this place called Peonia. On the, on yeah. the Denver side, it's definitely, or at least used to be Boulder, but... Everybody knows Boulder. So it's like, yeah, yeah. no. Freaking useless, dude. <laughs> useless. Um, useless. I also wrote down here, I also wrote down, this is our first intro of La Grunta. Yes, it is. We are Johnny, finally do you know what La Grunta, La Grunta means in Spanish? What does La Grunta mean? The grunt. <laughs> well, then I'm really sad that every time those doors open, they don't scream, ah, the demon! Fuck you. <laughs> You're welcome. I've been playing a shitload of the new Halo oh, multiplayer, man. And you could have said oh. fucking anything to me and it wasn't going to be that. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been playing a shitload of Halo I, lately, okay? No, no, you're fine. I honestly, like, my brain tracked to, I thought you were doing a Debbie Grund voice. For, 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 I thought you were doing the, like, I thought you were, like, trying to, like, make up for when you didn't want to attempt it last episode and i thought that's what you were doing i just heard the like high pitch and i didn't register the demon i'm like she doesn't have that line oh my god johnny made a halo joke (laughs) yes uh we're gonna see lagrenta a whole bunch in this series and i like that we have seen it this early now yeah did you catch the weird force so i'm gonna just gonna do this now because otherwise i'll forget did you catch the weird foreshadowing in this i did not is it the swimming with the dolphins bit there's two of them. That's one of them. Okay. Um. So that episode's I think like four or five down the pike for us. But then um, he talks about the miniature museum and like just oh. three or four episodes down from the one about the dolphin touching is that one where he's trying to escape from Party Island or whatever. When he takes Aransas. his mom to the miniature. Yeah. When he takes his mom to the miniature museum with her senior group or whatever. Yeah. It was. It was weird. It was a weird foreshadowing till the future episode. Interesting. And I, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I got for pros, Mark. What do you got? Um, shit, I got so many. Um, Bobby's Hunting Fantasy. It's fantastic. I like that they figured out how guns work in this one. We talked about and how to shoot a rifle without really <laughs> trying. That was one of our irritants. But, like, Bobby has... And I know that it's for the, like... the Literally for that bit in the fantasy when he single-handed cocks the Henry. But <laughs> he's got the action down. Like, and... He does... If I'm gonna say if Bobby has the strength to carry Hank, he also has the strength to fire a thirty thirty Henry, you know, single handed. Whatever, sure, I'll give it to him. What were I, you gonna say? No, you you called out one of my cons. Mm. I basically okay. just wrote down what caliber of rifle is Bobby one handing that can take down a buck. You can you can one hand a thirty thirty. You can saw the barrel off a thirty thirty and one hand it. Like okay, fucking that's what um oh. Who's got the big penis? Woody Harrelson. That's what Woody Harrelson uses in Zombieland. Like that. Okay. I, I know this is a weird like pull, but that's totally a doable thing. I'm ninety percent sure my brother's got like three illegally modded Henry lever actions like that. Like, yeah, I know it's interesting. You can totally one hand a Henry. Can I, dude? Like, and I know it's a movie, but like John Wayne is famous for one handing Henry rifles. Like, it's totally a thing you can do. It's and true. It, I don't know. I, I I get it. I get what I'm saying with this because it's all movie <laughs> magic, but. In the like, in the scope of dumb that is, cartoon physics and movie physics and fantasy, in Bobby's re- reality fantasy or fantasy reality of this, he is one hundred percent on the spot. Like you could totally sure. one hand it, and he'd be fine with that. I'm just going off previous experiences, Mark, because I I shot my two thirty seven and I've shot a seven mag, and both of them kicked my ass all the way up into my shoulder. Okay, you can't fucking one hand a seven mag, Johnny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Goddamn Dwayne the Rock Johnson couldn't one hand a fucking seven. Like, <laughs> listeners, I hope you like hunting stuff because we might get a little inside baseball here. Spoilers. Um, speaking of which, this is a fantastic segue. I love this episode as a conservationist episode. This is yes. a fantastic episode for that. Boy, do they fucking nail it. Boy, do they fucking. And I, I'm throwing them out, John. I don't even give a good gosh darn. They fucking nail it. They fucking nail the tree huggers and the do-gooders. And you can't yeah. shoot those deer. And you know what happens when you don't shoot those deer? They fucking they come into Alamosa, Colorado, and they look like goddamn meth addicts. And listeners, I will put them up on the damn Twitter. Our deer down here do not get cold because they know they're safe, and they just look like crackheads. Or you get chronic wasting disease. Or they starve. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, d- deer are in- Everyone likes to talk good shit about, like, humans destroying the planet and, like, oh, well, what other species just destroys their environment? Deer. Deer. Deer just destroy their environment. Deer are a goddamn nuisance. They're just big enough that you think that they're cute. Like, I I will come out. I, I, I don't mind saying that uh, Dangle Podcast is a pro-hunting podcast under certain yeah. conditions. Fair chase, fair game, no fucking 500-mile shots, none of that bullshit, no feeder no. troughs. This, That's all wrong, but this, from a conservationist standpoint, fantastic episode. Like, Hank gets it, he understands it, they all get it and understand it, and that's great. And I wish that more people thought about it like that oh, instead yeah. of like, oh, just, you know, you're going to go drink beer and kill something. Because the guys have it wrong, yeah, but... I can't even talk because I got so fucking <laughs> horned up. Johnny, no, 10 a.m. Like, is too early for Voodoo Ranger. Um, no, that 
it's a good episode. It, it, it hits the right points, and it's not throwing a message into your face. Yeah, they get a little shitty about, like, oh, yeah, that's what the that's what ended the hunger strike. You mean we saved right. some twig boys? That's not the best, but at the same time, context of the situation, this was written in the 90s. This is before Al Gore went insane and gave us all very inconvenient truths. Like, yeah. So I definitely get where that statement would come from, but, yeah, from a conservation standpoint, fantastic episode. Another solid point, Dale and Joseph together – Holy shit, that's my note. I love them. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yeah. It is the perfect father-son moment. They are the ac- actual opposite of Hank and Bobby. Like, they love spending time with each other. Yeah, you kind of already hit this, um, but I'm just going to say it anyway. John Redcorn might be Dale's... Or, wow, let me do this again. Joseph might be John Redcorn's son, but he is Dale's boy. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. God damn, those two... They are the same person. Just the talking about, you know, the little conspiracy theories, and they're so sweet together. And, like, you know, oh, yeah, but the sub is in the Great Lakes. And it's, mm-hmm. god damn it, it's so sweet. I love that little bit. And, like, Dale, we see Dale being a good dad again. And you know I'm a sucker for father bits on TV because I yeah. got my own issues. But, like, man, I don't mind telling you, watching this one, I kind of got teared up. And it might be sleep deprivation. It might be, like, the... <laughs> Holiday hangover of working in a grocery store. But, man, this one really touched me in a lot of ways that were good. Let me try that again. This one really touched my heart. It didn't molest yeah. me. I, I, I said that wrong. did not yeah. molest you. <laughs> yeah, no, no like, but yeah. Joseph is definitely – he's basically the poster child for what happens when adoption works correctly. Because yeah. for all intents and purposes, Dale adopted him just without realizing it. And like, nope, you're my kid. I'm going to treat you as you're my kid. And you and I are going to get along and do our own regular dad and, and son stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, Very sweet. I, it's because we just kind of blew past it, I wanted to sidebar for just a half a second. For yeah, all sure. of you out there that want to listen and, and get shitty with us because we're talking and being so pro on hunting out here, you have to realize – that there are not enough predators to take out the deer and the elk and all the other like random nonsense in the world anymore because we have overdeveloped and killed a lot of them. Random nonsense. Yes. Um, so, the, yeah, way back when, you know, four or 5,000 years ago when there was just the natives that lived in America, they probably all got along pretty easily. But we have since developed so much and killed and taken so much habitat from the wolves in the area and the the bobcats and the cougars like all of the big apex predators that were culling the herd that now that they're not around we have to do it otherwise your your deer are gonna starve sorry i wanted to get that out before like people start getting shitty with us about our love of hunting like no it needs to happen it is the way of the fucking world (laughs) You know, but really, though, too, I think that hunting is a very necessary thing. Um, I well, I really believe that everybody ought to meet their meat at least once in their life because people don't understand what it takes to survive. And I'm not yeah. saying this is like this generation's week. I mean, literally, like, we don't know where our meat comes from. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, you go get ground beef. You didn't make that ground beef. You don't, Smart Money says you don't even know how to make ground beef, not any you know what i mean and like yeah. in this case like i i think hunting is it, it is a necessary thing like sure it's a skill whatever where there's not going to be a pole shift there's not going to be thermonuclear war where we have to fucking hunger games it and shit but like really and truly just to hunt just to be out in nature is a necessary human thing like at our best we are violent angry apes 
that get yeah. violent and angry. And I think it's because we're indoors all the damn time and you need to get out. You need to be in a place where you don't necessarily belong. Like, do I believe in shooting lions in the face? No, eat a dick. You're a piece of shit. Do I believe in shooting elephants? No, eat a dick. You're a piece of shit. Do I believe in you can shoot three fucking deer? Yes, they're everywhere. They're everywhere all the time always. Yep. Like, they're an invasive species. But, you know, man, they're uh, right now, as we speak, El Paso County in Colorado Springs, it has uh, rabbits with bubonic plague. And they wouldn't have that if there was something killing them, but you can't shoot rabbits. Like, right? it's a thing that happens. Like, look at the goddamn Canadian geese, you know? There's a reason why the bag limit on Canadian geese is like 14 geese in a day because they're so yeah. goddamn many. Like, and yeah, we're not coming out as like go kill shit, but we are definitely coming out from a conservation standpoint and making this stance. Like, yeah, hunting is a good thing. It's a necessary thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to fuck up the world. This is part of how we have to unfuck it. There, I'm, I'm done on my soapbox. Sorry. No, like it's, I think it Firearms should be limited to five shot capacity. God damn it. You have a tiny penis. That's the only reason you have assault rifles. Okay. I got it out of my system. <laughs> No, <laughs> nope. You're you're okay, man. Um, Ten thirty no, is too early for Voodoo Rangers. <laughs> you you make a very valid point in this that basically you know you should meet your meat, and it's the, it is the natural order and the food chain that things kill other things. You hate to realize yeah. it, and sometimes the things that are getting killed are really cute. You know, I hate the sometimes. idea that there is all sorts of of like little tiny barn cats out there and you know a mom gives birth to eight different kittens and only two of them survive because six of them got picked off yeah that sucks because that it's the eight potential pets that i could have at my house i love cats guys i absolutely love cats but i also have come to terms with the fact that i can't afford that and even if i got them all spayed and neutered i can't like i cannot take care of eight cats like it's just the natural order for things to die so with that being said, if we're going to take away the predators that are helping call the thir- call the herd, we have to take up take their place and call the fucking herd. Anyway, what does Futurama say? Nature nature is cruel and pointless. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, nature is cruel and pointless, and we stopped letting it be cruel and pointless. So now we kind of gotta remember what it's like to be cruel and pointless. Yeah. Oh yeah. And maybe some of you guys gotta go out there and you know get eaten by mountain lions. Because they got to eat too, guys. Go do, do your part. I, I guarantee that any of you go and hang out at like Yellowstone National Park and you spend a couple of days out there, like really out there kind of in the bush, you're going to have a lot more respect for the animals that live out there and you're going to understand why we have to kill some of them. Johnny, you said bush. <laughs> I said bush. Mark, do we have any more pros? Because we beep beep the shit out of this one. Oh my god, I know. I, I don't even care. This is a great episode. I got a couple... I got some more notes. I'm sorry. I told no, you that we're in. We have a new John Redcorn song, Johnny. Did you catch what it uh, was? You brought it up, yes. Is that your retro reference rage? No. I don't think I have oh. a retro rage for this. I don't. Okay, cool. Um, no, yeah, but it's... it's Pat hate, hit me with your best shot. I hate his music, dude. I hate that anything like relatively moderately heavy from the 80s is now indicative of John Redcorn getting fucking laid. Secretary rock, man. <laughs> Secretary rock. I like that. Because, yeah, like there's still that woman that listens to Manic Monday and it's like, oh, my God, Cindy Lauper so gets me. Shut up, Tiffany. <laughs> That's your eighth Diet Coke. Shut up. <laughs> it's 1030, Tiffany. Shut up. <laughs> um, I have a note. We've talked about this before. 
Um, Eustace shows up when Bobby has to be presented with the trial of manhood. Eustace and Randy both. Yes. They did it in order of the straight arrow. Eustace washed out of it, and now Eustace isn't a man. And now that sent Eustace on this horrible life plan of being fiscally responsible, so much so that he can buy his boys, like, hunting permit in 1998 for $400. Like, right. Um, we he also saw him the in caves. the boneyard. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. We saw him in the caves, like... Anytime that Bobby has to be a man or has this weird, like, growth, we see Randy and Eustace show up, and I like that they're still showing up. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, just real quick, the Trilateral Commission is not a nefarious organization. It was something that was created to, like, foster partnership and growth between Europe, the good parts of it, uh, North America, and Japan. It was a post-World War II deal. It's nothing. You guys are being dickheads. It's this really fun <laughs> conspiracy theory fallback thing. It's one of those, like, red flags that gets thrown. Oh, the Trilateral Commission. No, nah, not yet. But I just wanted to point it out. It's a fun Dale moment. Dale is keyed into this stuff. Later on, we're going to hear him talk about the Rand Corporation, which is also a real thing. <laughs> it like, is. I own Johnny stock of the Rand about, Corporation. You own stock? You're part of the fucking problem, bud. Dude, I bought it specifically <laughs> because of this show. I have one share so of the Rand Corporation, of and out of all of my stocks, it's the only one that's never lost value. That's horrifying and awesome. And also, yes. you have a say in Rand Kajigger if you yes. wanted it. Rand Kajigger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Have I never um, told you I own stock in the Rand Corporation? I just re- No, you didn't. I just remember in college when we were like, derping around watching king of the hill and you're like what is the rand corporation and we spent three hours researching it together like yes weird you and i are so good at going down dumb rabbit holes together and don't even care about it. i feel like wrestling was on in the background and we were just like uh-huh. shotgunning wikipedia like it was, it was it, so or weird. it was naruto it was one of the two it was like, naruto yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um do you have any cons mm. so i named one already but it's really not a, a con because it's it's the movie magic, like you already said. It's Bobby one-handing his rifle. Um, I don't like that Bobby reverts to being a, basically a child when he doesn't get his way. You know? Riding yeah. around and yeah. playing Cowboys and Indians with an eight-year-old? Like, no. that's I don't like that. Um, <laughs> but that... But that death, Johnny. Oh, my God, that death. <laughs> it's so cool. That Everything's gold. so dim. <laughs> Now, that's Bobby being Bobby, yes, but... I know, but oh uh, my god. Hank, oh, he ate a bad fruit pie. <laughs> You're right. Um, and I it, agree. Like, he really does... He goes from, like, massacring fruit pie deer in the front yard to playing guns with an eight-year-old. And it is yeah. kind of a weird, hard downshift. Absolutely, yeah. Real hard. And then I have an inaccuracy, Mark. Okay. Um, what kind of truck does Hank Hill drive? At this point in Hank the series. Drives a f- Ford, right? He's still driving the Ranger. He is driving a Ranger. Uh, yeah. What kind of transmission does Hank Hill's Ranger have? Automatic. It does not. Well, in this episode. In this episode, it does. That's the inaccuracy. Every other episode, is... it is a standard, specifically the one where okay. his truck dies. On the railroad tracks. Yep, because he pulls the shifter knob off intentionally and puts it in his new one. Okay, but Bobby can't attain escape velocity to massacre a deer in a standard (laughs) transmission pickup. I I know he can't. I I understand why they did it. I'm just calling it out for the inaccuracy that it is because I'm that asshole. 
Dude, I have that as a con. Like, I'm with you, buddy. It's okay. Like, it's I, we're totally comic book guying this shit and basically saying, uh, "Excuse me, uh, you hit the same rib twice in a row, and it made a completely different sound." I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> like, that's what we're doing right now, and I don't give a shit because uh, this I'm is what we we do. This this is what we do. On well, you, you and I are are both owners and or previous owners of Ford Rangers. So and, I feel like yeah, we get to say what this. kind of transmission does it have? I just wanted to say a shit one that burns out three times. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> so that's that's what I've got for cons, man. There's really not a lot in this episode. I had to get kind of nitpicky. Okay. Okay. How about yourself? Um, I have, I've got one big one. They really take the piss out of Eustace uh, for getting the deer processed there at Lagrunta. But right. holy shit, dude! Like, I am a hunter, and I'm here to tell you. Number one, that's a pain in the ass to do. It's expensive. Yeah. I do not process my own meat. We God, just no. don't. We take it to a place out of Kremlin. Like, that's where we hunt. You just take it down there. It's easier that way. Oh, but, yeah. man, to get it there and get it done, like, same day and everything, God damn, that is not only is that a value, but, like, so when you see those guys, every, so, okay, it's the scene Bob. everybody's killed their deer and Bobby's going, it's so Christmassy. And you see all those dead deer still strapped to the hoods of cars and stuff. Like, yeah. God, that is so, so. This is my hunter reference rage. This is my retro reference rage. I've got one. That was a big damn deal in like the seventies and eighties to tie your animal to the front of your car before we yeah. decided that like you know drinking and driving and field of vision were not things that you fucked around with. But this was the seventies and eighties, so it doesn't matter. Engines heat up, and nothing spoils meat faster than a heated up engine. Like, yeah. really, the best, the best like kept deer outside of Eust- outside of Randy and Eustace's is Hanks. Cause uh, Hank and Bobby's cause they threw it in the bed of the truck. Yeah. Like, so they're taking the piss out of Eustace for getting his deer processed. And I know this is a long way to go for a short drink of water. Eat a dick. That's a hell of a bargain. You always get your own meat processed. I know I'm talking all the good shit about meat, your meat. I will shoot it. I will skin it. I will gut it. I just don't really know how to make good hamburger. And I'm sorry. No, there I said it. Yeah. No, yeah. well, in, it's in direct con- contradiction because what does Dale say they're going to do when, when they get his done? Take it to the sausage plant. Get it right and for sausageification. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's like you're doing the that. same yeah. you're doing the same thing. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, he's just probably mad because Eustace and Randy are gonna eat God, they're gonna eat fucking corn fed deer too. Like it's gonna yeah. taste so much better than shitty Arlen like scrub deer. Like <laughs> Right, eat yeah, damn. eat in the bush and And, and oh. I'm not saying that Lagrunta hunting is any good. Don't hunt to the Lagrunta, but like, dude, man, they got it. That deer's gonna be better. It's gonna basically taste like beef. That's all I've got. Yeah, beef. Yeah, but like, <laughs> give you, you're gonna cook it with you know propane and give it good taste of meat, so it's fine. <laughs> awesome. Well, you got um, also cons, finally, man? it's really yeah, just one. It's really bad luck to kill spiders, guys. Don't kill spiders. It's really bad luck. All right, there we go. Where, where um, did that come from? From my amazingly superstitious great grandmother who chided me against the killing of spiders, and now I live in peace and harmony with spiders. So much so that when I find a spider at work, I will carry him outside and put him in a tree so that I make sure that they're all right. Also, yes, every spider's a man in my head. Go to hell. I'm not getting into it with you guys. All right, Johnny, cons. Anything <laughs> uh, else you got to say? I, I, got, favorite I, don't, moments? I don't got any more cons. I will just say for like one, one small thing here. Uh, in all of my work in public works, I dealt with a lot uh-huh. of spiders, and I don't kill them either. 
I've got a black widow Good that lives man. in my garage that she just gets to hang out there because I got so many freaking mosquito bites this year that you know what? If you're going to continue to kill shit I don't like, you are not going to get harassed. Hell yeah. I used to stick my hand in into uh, valve boxes for my sprinklers at work and find black widows in there and just go, okay, cool, and scoop them up and fling them into the grass. Be like, you know what? Yeah. You can't live in here, but I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. So yeah, you I just wanted to let you know, I also do not kill Thanks, spiders. Buddy. Um, Good man. My favorite moment in this is by far Bobby and his fruit pie. Yep. His... <laughs> His entire, like, I'm going to smear this on my face and I'm going to do my war cry every time. It is the best moment in the whole episode. Yeah. How about you, man? Um, I've got a couple. Number one, we already called it, I'm leaving a girl and coming back a man. It's a great line. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that so much. Um, Bobby, Bobby's death while he's playing guns. I love that so yep. much. Um, I love Hank and Bobby when they're in the stand together and they're talking about their allowance or he, they're talking about Bobby's allowance. And right. it's such a sweet moment between father and son, between two people who have a hard time communicating and look, Hank's doing it like, yeah, well, he is, and, really, and, you know, and Bobby's reading the room too. He doesn't, Hank doesn't yeah. have to tell him that this is not fun. Shooting fish in a barrel is not fun. Bobby knows that yeah. he can pick up on it and go, this is not how this is supposed to go. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, great moment. Um, Now I know how the Jewish kids feel. That is my favorite line of this episode. Yep. <laughs> oh. oh, man. We gotta, we gotta rate this. We're so deep into this one. We've been just talking all this good shit. I love this episode. It's rate a it. great... Johnny, talk about our rating system. Yes, yes, sir. So, our rating system breaks down like this in true King of the Hill fashion. Our lowest tier episodes are our charcoal episodes. This is F rank, lowest tier you can imagine. These are garbage episodes that are not very good TV in general, and they're really bad representations of King of the Hill. You just don't want to watch them. You might see them once and never again. After that, you've got our Megalo rating. That's kind of the bronze star. A uh, Megalo episode usually has a couple of good, memorable moments, but uh, doesn't usually do a lot for character development. You might watch it once on a rewatch, or you might just say, oh, it's this one, and skip it. After that, you have your Butane. Those are silver ranks. Those are our C-level. All sorts of fun stuff within these episodes. They're just not the best episodes out there. You're probably going to continue to watch them. You're going to remember little bits and pieces, and they usually have one or two quotable things in there. But overall, they're just kind of mediocre episodes. After that, you got your Char King Imperials. These are the gold standard episodes. They're very, very much a good representation of King of the Hill. You're going to have lots of really good character interactions, lots of good world building, lots of good stuff in these episodes. You never skip one of the Char Kings. After that, you have the fabled Blue Flame of Valor. These are the perfect episode of King of the Hill. These episodes are basically the perfect episode of TV. You, you get everything you need from every character that you need, and these are the episodes that you will continue to show people long and long and long after this show has completely been forgotten of. So... Mark, on our scale of charcoal to blue flame, what do you give Good Hill Hunting? Oh, on char charcoal to blue flame of valor, I'm giving Good Hill Hunting a char king. It is a really, really great episode. It has a lot of really, really great moments. And the only thing that stops it from blue flame is that, like, 
There's just a couple opportunities I feel like we missed. I really wanted to see Khan and Connie do some stuff. Okay. Um, really, that's my biggest complaint is, is just that one. And I, outside of that, I don't really have any. Outside of this one, is it that Hank doesn't hunt because he's afraid of Bobby or because he's a bad shot? I'll let you think about that later. That's not a question that I want to ask because we can't get into it right now. That's a thinker. But, see, and that's the other hang-up I have is that it's not a con, but is that why Hank isn't really that jazzed about hunting? He doesn't disagree with it, but he doesn't like it. I don't know. How about you, buddy? <laughs> Hank Hank goes to church more than he goes hunting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and it's like, is it because he's a shit shot or because hmm, <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe he just doesn't like getting slappy drunk in the woods. Um, well, he could go to his dad's Oscar party for that. It, absolutely. Uh, so I gave Good Hill Hunting a Char King as well. You know, it's okay. a, a really cool coming-of-age story. It talks a lot about hitting those milestones. I did not go hunting until I was 30 years old. You know, I had to do really? it on my own with a friend of mine. Like I said, I, I never did hunting with my dad. I did. I shot guns with oh, him. Oh, you told me that. You, I remember yeah. you told me that. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Not to cut. No, no. no. I, I, now I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sorry, I never officially sorry. went hunting until I was about 30 years old. But I definitely remember having experiences like this of hiking or or camping or fishing was a big one with my dad. He didn't like to hunt so much, but he loved to fish. So, I you know. I felt a lot of like personal attachment to this episode. I've had a lot of these sorts uh-huh. of conversations with him before and it makes me feel really good that this is I think it's a pretty accurate representation of what it's like to go hunting with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful yeah, episode, guys. Fantastic, yeah. It made me tear up, dude. I I kind of cried at this episode. Like a bit. I, don't, I don't even mind saying it. Like it touched me. Like again, I said it already. It molested me, but in a good way. Let's move on, Johnny. Let's, let's move on. Let's get to the point. Speaking of being molested, let's talk about a Bill episode. Here we go with Pretty Pretty Dresses. <laughs> this is episode 44, uh, premiered on December 15th, 1998. Uh, our writer here for this episode is Dominic Polcino. Uh, I don't think he's done any other stuff for King of the Hill, but he is known. He has worked a lot on Family Guy. He worked on Mission Hill okay. and The Simpsons. Uh, his big thing for Family Guy is he helped direct Blue Harvest. That's the first Star Wars adaptation Yeah. for Family Guy, which I remember liking well enough. Yeah, it was pretty solid. It was yeah. pretty all right-ish. So, yeah, he's, uh, it seems like he's got a pretty good pedigree here. He's worked on a lot of animated shows. We'll see if, we, if his name pops up again. Our cast for Pretty Pretty Dresses is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Lou Ann Platter, Dale, Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Buck Strickland, Joe Jack, Enrique, Layaway Ray, Principal Carl Moss, Jason Adderley, and Mrs. Tobis. I did not think we were... Luann the Iguana. They did not credit Luann, or, uh, not Luann, Lenore. Oh my god, Lenore, Jesus Lenore, Christ. Lenore, Lenore. Um, what is wrong with me? It's, it's, it's okay. I didn't honestly think we were ever going to see Jason Adderley again, but... I guess we, we are. Times, yeah. We have. He just he's never like, like Enrique, mentioned again. Enrique and Joe Jack. Like they're just kind of. He's around, you know. Oh yeah. Well, and the only reason I can tell that Joe Jack is in this episode is because he walks up to Bill at the end and goes, "That ain't this kind of party, honey. Go back to yeah, L.A." He, he's gonna commit a hate crime here in about thirty seconds. Yeah. And pretty much, which I could see Joe Jack doing. Just gotta give him enough oh, amphetamines. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. 
That's why, he, especially after he's out in the parking lot with his pre-show jitters. Wink, 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 wink. Uh-huh. He looks disgruntled. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so our synopsis for this is uh, Christmas time in the alley finds Bill depressed, and this Christmas may be his hardest yet. Well you done, know, sir. It's this You're episode, so much better at that than I am. <laughs> Goddamn. Well, I just, I try and concise it into one sentence. That's all. Um, this episode, man, it's it's an A story with Hank and Bill, really. Like, everybody's involved, but really, this is a Hank and Bill story. Yeah. And I don't have a single con for this, I'm telling you right now. Really? Okay. Not one single con. Um, okay. Do you got any notes that you want to jump into? Um, That opening scene is kind of funny, I guess. Yeah, with Bill just crying, the cold open with him and just then crying. I, yeah, and then I appreciate the addition of the jingle bells to the refreshments opening theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't have a lot of like weird notes that I caught, other than thank God that Bill has effectively ditched the nightgown once again. We get bathrobe PJs, Bill, not yep. nightgown PJs, Bill. Um, I got a lot of hate. I'm not even gonna lie. I have Bill's annoying like five times in these notes. No kidding. You and I are going to be yeah. very divisive on this episode, I'm telling you right now. I'm looking forward to it because I almost like blew flame twice in a row there, and I was getting really worried that I was having human feelings out of this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to call it. Here's Bill Spirit Bomb. He's at his pant loadiest. We yep. did it. We got there, viewers. Like, this is it. What do you like about this? Tell me what you like. Maybe bring me around. I don't know. So... There's a lot I I particularly personally find to like about this. And part of it probably is because of what I do for a living. But I'll just go through some of my pros here. I think that Hank is a very, very good friend to Bill because he invites him over for the holidays every single year because he knows he doesn't have anyone else. Yeah, and like the weeks leading up to him too. Like Hank goes yeah. above and beyond. He yeah. really does. And, you know, yeah, Bill is is a pant load and Bill definitely does not appreciate this as much as he should. And yet Hank still does it because that is his, for all intents and purposes, other than Dale, it's his best friend. And he yeah. knows that something bad is going to happen if he doesn't at least reach out and try. Right. Um, I absolutely love Bill's Lenore dream where Lenore steals oh. Lenore and runs down the street yeah. and he screams, Lenore! And then his teeth fall out. And Peggy's there. Yep, and Peggy's there. I I think that's <laughs> that is wonderful because they they're not expecting Bill to come into their bedroom, let alone tell him about this ridiculous ass dream. Oh. Yep. Um, have you ever eaten pasta the way that Bill does? Because I've always kind of wanted to try. I almost want to, but I've got too much damn self-respect. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to try. Just, like, make some noodles and then ch chug some marinara every time I take a mouthful. You know, it's. So I guess that's gross. the only... That's a way to, to dirty a fork and a bowl and still get a full meal. Or, like, a pot. And, and a counter. And the counter, yes. Um... Yeah, I, I, I think that's... I literally wrote in here, Bill's way of eating pasta. Bull! <laughs> I'm more depressed about, like, the fact that he's just, like, drinking room-temperature sauce out of a jar. <laughs> yeah. Which, I guess if he's eating boiling-ass pasta, it's fine, because he just pulls that pasta out of the water, like... Right. Maybe it, count, maybe it offsets it. Maybe Bill's onto something. I don't know. Right. Maybe I've been doing this like a dumbass this whole time. So... 
the biggest positive I can pull out of this is basically how mental illness is treated in this episode and how they show you what happens when you're not treating it correctly and when it backfires. Um, I love Hank's line of when he's talking about Bill and he says, he's just suicidal. He's not crazy. That is insanely like woke for him to think because it's yeah. something I say almost every day at my work, working with suicidal people. You are more than your symptoms. You are not just right. the, the suicidal person. You are a human who had a really bad day and probably really wanted to end it all. Like, yeah, is what it is. But until you start treating people like actual people, they're only ever going to think of themselves as the suicidal person. Um, I really like the progression of Hank in this because you can see he gets visibly frustrated after a while of, I have burned all my vacation days trying to make take care of my best friend here. He does not give a shit. I'm very frustrated with it. And finally, I'm just going to snap. And I'm going to tell you, she's never coming back. This is not going to ever work out again. And you need to get the fuck over it. And a realistic response to that is exactly what happens to Bill, where he goes, okay, I don't feel anything now. You have called yeah. me out and this is not therapeutic and I don't know where to go from here, but you've made it very clear that you don't want me to do this and I don't want to lose you as a friend. So I'm just not going to do anything ever again. Yeah. Um, in my studies and my wife who is a professional counselor kind of informed me on this, what Bill, what happens to Bill where he turns into Lenore is a real thing. Okay. It is called a brief psychotic break. It doesn't mean that okay. you have, um, you know, schizophrenia or dissociative identity disorder or anything like that. That's what they call multiple personalities. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you're going to have this forever, but it is a brief psychotic break where you do, you cannot handle the world around you. And so you are putting up every single wall that you can in order to, to block it out and to make things somewhat normal for you. And for Bill, it's okay. If you're telling me that Lenore is never coming back, I'm going to prove you wrong by becoming her and coming back. Yeah. So it's, okay. it is a shockingly accurate way to look at some certain mental illnesses. And then the culmination at the end of the episode where Hank embodies Lenore, it, uh -huh. it makes sense. And I talked with my wife about this again. And it makes sense and is very accurate because – Nobody but Hank could do that and have Bill actually believe it. Hank has so much trust with Bill that Bill knows he's not saying shit just to mess with him. He's really genuinely yeah. trying to help him at that point where he's like, nope, I'm Lenore and I'm not coming back. And he's finally giving Bill the option to to get some closure on this relationship. And he has that final like breakthrough moment of, wow, I really hit rock bottom just now, didn't I? And there's literally nowhere yeah. for me to go but up. It is so raw and so real. Every time I watch this episode, I get goosebumps, man. Every single time. Yeah. Okay. So that's that is my like. I know I just talked at you for like a solid five to ten minutes about why I like oh, this. Not at all. But that's I I can't find a single con in this episode because everything builds exactly like it's supposed to, and it is so real that it is yeah just fascinating for me personally to watch. Okay. See, I like this. I I like you coming at me with this like bent on it because I don't work with this. I I don't sure. I'm not involved in this. I don't experience this. Like so just having your perspective is kind of nice instead of like me just being a hateful prick. Like 
No, and I, I can, I'm honestly, I'm going to call you right now. You are well justified in saying that Bill is annoying as shit in this episode because, oh my God, have I worked with annoying clients that are just like him. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> yell at him. You just. No. You can't give him, you can't give him like, you know, a stiff one upside the head. Tell him to figure it out. Like, yeah. So I mean okay. that's that's my big my like my big pro stance here, Mark. Let's let's hear some stuff here. I gotta catch my breath after that. Whew. Yeah, absolutely. Take a drink, catch your breath. I do <laughs> have some. Pl- I do have pros. I didn't. This isn't like uh, this isn't a pregnant pause for me. Like I didn't. Right. I wasn't miserable the whole time I watched this. Um. Um. I do wanna. I love how Peggy says iguana. <laughs> I love it so much that I wrote it out phonetically in my goddamn notes. I did in my Ijuana. favorite moments. He brought the iguana, and I the love Ijuana that. Iguana is a cry for help. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's how she reads this shit. Like, <laughs> yes. I want to be in the booth with Kathy and Jimmy when she's like, "How would Peggy say iguana?" If, I think I figured it out. If I ever meet her in real life, uh, that is what I want her to talk about. Ijuana's in my voicemail recording. Like that's what's going to happen. John can't come to the phone right now because uh, he's busy feeding his Ijuana's. Like it's going to happen. Oh my god! I hope I meet her in real life. Catherine and Jimmy, please. I hope, you, I hope you do too, buddy. Oh. Um, I love Hanks Clint Eastwood. That's just. I want to know that movie, and I don't care that <laughs> yes. we didn't get to. We didn't. Oh I don't care God. that we didn't get to watch like Hank talk about it. But goddamn it, all I even need from it is just Hank doing Clint Eastwood. Cause holy shit, that's such a good little moment there. Dude, we are robbed. We are robbed that we didn't get more of that. Because <laughs> it is so good. We don't see everybody so like enraptured with Hank very often, and everyone yeah. at that table is like, he is just like king of shit right there. We know Hank's a showman. Like, he's a mm. good salesman. We've seen him do prop comedy, and now he's doing, like, impressions of Clint Eastwood. Like, God. And also, just, I'm calling it right now, nail in the coffin of, like, oh, Bill is Bobby's dad. Horse shit, man, it's Hank. And you can see it here. Like, yep. live for breakfast time at the Apollo, here's Hank Hill. Um, <laughs> I love Bill's suicide attempt on top of the roof. And then he <laughs> yes. falls tries to not fall, then falls, and then Hank lightly lands on his feet because it's only, like, what, a six-foot drop off the, like, highest point. Yep. Um, I love Dale's turn to take Bill to take watch over Bill. He's just sitting there <laughs> with the gun. How do you stop a person from killing themselves? You call their goddamn bluff and put him under armed guard. You <laughs> yes, want to do, do this, make a movement. Go ahead there, sugar, make my day, like... Yep. <laughs> um, I love Dale's escalation of theft. That's always hilarious. <laughs> um, can he I say wanted me to have it? Can I say that after watching yes. this episode, because it is the season, and my wife and I are talking about buying Christmas presents for each other, she and I now have matching satin uh, pajama sets coming because I've said I've always after watching this episode, I've always wanted a set of silk or satin pajamas. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm real excited about it. <laughs> yeah, no, Dale's escalation of theft of, he would have wanted me to have it. He's not even gone. Talking like that ain't going to bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love how oh, inept man. Bill is at trying to kill himself. Like sticking his head He's in an so electric bad. oven. Yeah. God, it's... See, and these are the little bits. Like, this isn't why it's a charcoal for me. Because, holy shit, I did laugh at this episode. God. Like, Either that um, or... I got two more. Sorry. No, Sorry, I got it. two more. Um, you're peeling in anger. I love that. It's such a good little animation gag. And it's yep. literally the tiny-ass potato. Um, you should, what does she say? You should be able to get more than a French fry out of an Idaho. And out of a single damn Idaho. Damn right yep. you should. And finally, um, Hank swears. We don't really get to see Hank swears, and he calls Bill a son of a bitch. And man... It's good. Like, yeah, I know we've talked boring. before in episodes where you get hung up when Hank, like when he calls, um, what's her nuts? Miss, Miss, Miss Kremser. When he calls Miss Kremser a bitch, you know, what a bitch with plastic white yep. female or, um, calling Thazard a motherfucker. But like, man, Hank swears in this one and it's so good. And we yeah. haven't seen Hank swear in a long time. And to call Bill like a son of a bitch. Oh, Oh, Hank. Oh, yeah. We we see Hank at his literal limit, and it's cool to see Hank at his limit, too. And oh, it's, absolutely. It's not him, like, kicking through a fence to kick Jimmy Wichard's ass. No, no. We're just going to get it in the line of that son of a bitch. Like, oh, it's yep. good. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that Dale picks on Bill, even at his lowest point. And we see it a bunch more times in this series. But I just love Bill's, can I have another codeine, please? Shut up, Bill. We're talking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, holy shit! When did they describe or prescribe codeine? Is it like an antipsychotic and/or antidepressant? Because goddamn, it is not that. I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got trazodone and auditory hallucinations. Fuck that! I want to get crunk. Come on, man. Like- I basically, like <laughs> shit. I get well butrin, and I'm afraid that every time I drink, I'm gonna get freaking seizures. But give me some codeine. Hook me up. Which you just take one, you can have the seizures anyway. It, shit. Yeah, it's there's a lot of good stuff in this. You got cons? Have you been going through cons? I, I'm honestly, I've I haven't. I haven't in my cons yet. Cause yeah, uh, again, sorry, cause I just went off of my pros. No, you don't no, have no, any, yeah. right? Like, no, I didn't have a single, really, a single con for this whole episode. Like, not that I could directly call out. Okay. Um, I got a couple. So number one, Bill is hard to watch. I yes. had that in my notes like several times in this. Bill is hard to watch. Bill is some incarnation of that. Bill is obnoxious. He's a yes. dick to be a dick. I don't. I get the tactic of at dinner him trying to make people feel bad. Oh, I guess yeah, I with his Buckley and his Marie comments. And then the guy that Peggy dated in 10th grade. <laughs> Bob Cecil. Yeah. You like, liked him. He didn't <laughs> like you. Um. Yeah, I like I say, Bill's just kind of tough to watch, and I feel like we've had leading up to this Bill being tough to not tough to watch, but like again, pregnant pause comes to mind when he's eating the goddamn hormone biscuits. Like, <laughs> Bill's gross. Bill's a gross yeah. person. Bill's not a malicious person who would hold on to these little like tragedies in people's lives and nitpick at them. I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me. Um, we know that Bill's a good dancer from Luann Saga when they're at that bar. Right. And he dances with Peggy or whatever. But, like, Bill's at least a competent dancer, more or less. Um, I don't know. That one stuck out to me because we see him not being able to dance well or whatever because, I don't know, he's sad. Um, also, finally, this is my biggest one. Well, I've got two, sorry. So, this one pisses me off a lot. Number one, 
Dale wearing Bill's satin nightshirt is really gross. That is, oh yes, you couldn't pay me to wear him. anything that Bill Dotrieve wore. Like I'm sorry, right? it's not gonna happen. It also should not fit him. Also, yes, but hey, maybe Bill at one point had a track team physique. We know he didn't, <laughs> but thank you for using track team physique. Anytime, buddy. It's what I'm Ooh. here for. Um. Where the hell did Peggy find that miserable battle axe of a fucking woman, Sheila? <laughs> Tobin? Mrs. Tobin? Oh my god. Sheila Tobin, what is going on? Like. Mark, I think she would say I'm a gross man. <laughs> Where did Peggy find. She's wearing a goddamn. <laughs> goddamn I can't even. I'm so upset ascot, I can't even right? talk. My body. She's wearing a fucking cameo, Johnny. Like. <laughs> the hell is this moby dick like come on man no <laughs> the hair the gla- like the entire like where the fuck did peggy dig up this fossil is professor <laughs> learner back and he found her out back too like jesus christ man um, well mark you love fi- them when they're your own <laughs> oh i hate that i hate that so much i hate every second of that dinner but it's compounded by my hatred of mrs tobin Ugh. and finally Finally, finally, and you brought it back around for me, and I really appreciate you doing it because I'm getting the beep here. But there's no way in hell that they don't have a screen on that friggin' window. No way in hell. Right. It's Texas. Texas is full of bugs because it's hot all the friggin' time. No way there's not a screen on that window. Okay, there we go. Uh, How about favorite moments because you don't have any cons? Uh, So that Ijuana is a cry for help is in there. Okay. And I absolutely love the end of that dinner where Bill looks at her with this dopey ass smile and says, marry me. And then somebody <laughs> freaks out and just says, Bill. And then Luann just screams in happiness like, oh my yep. God, this is so exciting. Like, like it just kills me every time. Every time. Because it's so, a t- yeah. Luann gets one good line in this whole episode and holy shit, does she nail it? Yeah. That's oh god. The the whole episode is my favorite moment, but like if I had to pick out like some funny shit, that's that's what I got, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> um uh, um side sidebar here really quick. I don't know if we said this off mic. This one made me panic when Luann talked about Buckley's Angel. <laughs> yeah. But we saw Buckley's Angel in nine pretty darn angry men kind of sort of like we saw the manifestation of Buckley, so there's that, but yeah, I panicked and like looked through and I was like, oh shit, I messed up the queue. Oh god, Johnny's gonna beat yeah, me. Yeah, like how but, did we miss yeah. this? Yeah, but we didn't. Buckley's Angels coming up later on here. Um my um favorite moment, I have Luann's. I don't know what I said that <coughs> for. I don't know what Luann's is. I don't know what that is. I, I think that might be it. Just her one reaction. That might have been it. Um I'm amazed you didn't hit this one. Why do you keep calling me Bill? Because <laughs> it's too easy. You and I used it's to too like, easy. You and I used to greet each other with "You've got a fat neck" or "Pump jockey" in the mornings, and then like <laughs> midway through dinner time, we'd look at each other. Why do you keep calling me Bill? 
Um, oh, and then, I'm trying. Oh, and then Dale in the dress. Dale in the dress popping out of the corner. He's. Yeah. I love Dale. He's so cute. He's so ready to like. He's excited to do this. You know, he ran home like John Redcorn's in the middle of plowing the crap out of Nancy. Runs home. Nancy, I gotta get a dress for Hank's party. Hey, John Redcorn, how's it going? Like yep. pulls through the like closet. Goes through his options. He's looking. What offsets his eyes the best because he can't wear the Mack truck hat because he's going to be classy. He picks that blue chiffon number and then he doesn't get to wear it. And it's so damn cute. And I love Dale. Oh, oh yeah. God. Just that so, one. He's on, I think he's on. You know what? We talk about animation cells that we want. I want that one. I want the animation <laughs> of Dale's. I want the Dale cell of dress. Dale looking in the dress in the full ensemble, realizing that, oh, this is not what we're doing anymore. And then he takes off. Like, oh, yeah. such a good little bit there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of the other points that Luann is in here for your notes. And the only other one I can think of is when Bill is talking to everybody about their exes. And yeah. Peggy, all of a sudden, he's trying to talk to Luann about it. And she's real confused. And Peggy says, do you want to serve at the party? You were so good before. And she just goes, I, wait, what? And it's just so <laughs> confused. Yeah. Oh, so um, good. There's that little bit, and then she's got the one, and, like, Bill, he, Bill's got Lenore around his neck and goes, um, she probably doesn't like you, or she's probably, whatever, she doesn't like you, all the new people. And Luann goes, should I leave? <laughs> Bill just says, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what I put that, I might have also just, like, screwed up my formatting in this, like, I don't know. I, it's been I, any Luann moment is pretty solid in this, this episode, and that's yeah. kind of rare. It's really, you know what, it's cool, I'm glad that I don't hate Luann so much, like, I'm, every time I've ever watched King of the Hill, like, Luann all stood out to me, I was like, oh, she's obnoxious, and I'm trying to look at this through fresh eyes, and man, Luann is funny in this one. She's not really there, but boy, is she good when she when we got her, you know? She gets complex at points, but when she's just a total, like, if she's just there for comedy relief, she usually she'll get a laugh out of me. <laughs> it's uh. so exciting! <laughs> that, that's oh, gotta God. be what that was. I don't even know. It's gotta be. Oh. Mark, you wanna write this guy? I, I would love to, because Johnny, man... Holy shit, it's a Christmas miracle because you brought me around. When okay. I watched Pretty Pretty Dresses this morning, I didn't like it. I was pissed off that I had to watch it. I remember hating this episode. I remember hating Bill. Every time Bill was on, it pissed me off. And then, like, I got to be pissed off at Bill all over again. But, like, talking to you, getting your context, like, initially, before we had talked, I was going to give this a megalo. Yeah, there was some fun okay. parts, but, like, dude, my face kind of hurts from smiling and laughing at this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Like, honestly, my cheekbones kind of hurt, and that's not a thing that happens to me a lot. And, like, just talking about it with you kind of set me back and kind of leveled me out. And, nah, man, I'm going to I'm gonna give uh, Pretty Pretty Dresses a Char King. Like, wow. I hated this episode. Double jump. And, you, yeah, it, it, like, double jump, dude. It double jumped and bounced off the back wall and got the king. Like, yeah. It's, Woo! Yeah. God damn, man. It's, whew. Also, I didn't even realize Char King. Get the ch king. Double checkers reference. Johnny, what are you giving it, buddy? <laughs> Well, I'm really glad that I could bring you around, man. I There's a lot of personal reasons that I have for liking this episode. And uh, I'm glad that you, you could listen to some of the context and and at least look at it through my eyes a little bit and kind of see where I'm coming from. Uh, because I would not have even in a million years given this a Megalo rating. I kind of knew yeah, I was going into this that it was going to get a high rating. And maybe five minutes in, I went, nope, this, unless something really j j jerks off right here, 
this is a blue flame of valor for me. God damn. Well, and uh, I knew you love this one. You've talked yeah. about this one before as the yeah. one that like stood out to you. And I was always like, Johnny, you're fucking high, buddy. But no, I, I get it now, dude. Like, God damn. You know, and it's, this is, it's so weird because I, I shit on Leanne's saga and I gave it a charcoal because I can't watch it because it's so hard yeah. for me to watch. And this is a very similar thing, except for it's just the exact opposite. I can't not watch this episode. It's so damn good. I wrote verbatim here in my notes that this is one of, if not the single greatest episode of this series. And I don't know how many other series can approach the idea of suicide, the idea of like trying to work out your mental health and going through such a traumatic event like Bill's divorce was yeah. and hit every single note the way they're supposed to. Like, holy shit. It just makes me feel really good about like what what we're showing people this is an ep this is the episode i would show just about anybody that is having any sort of struggles with that sort of stuff and just say look it it happens and you can push your way through it but it's gonna get nasty before it gets better well yeah it's always darkest before the dawn like yes so yeah. i dude it's a blue flame of for me and i think that's you oh, and i damn. have each gotten two now uh yeah, plastic white female and um. Well, because you did one last episode, uh, nine pretty darn oh, angry yeah. men. God damn, you are better at this than I am. We just yeah. did that, like. Yeah. I'm also. I'm sorry, dude. I'm. I'm blaming Thanksgiving is what I'm blaming this one on. It's we're also drinking uh, Voodoo Ranger at ten thirty in the morning. I switched <laughs> to an isolation ale out of Odell. <laughs> I'm in this uh, bad habit of, like, every time I get off, I buy a six-pack, and I don't need it. I just buy it because habit. I don't know. Maybe sure. it's indicative of a larger problem. But, like, now I have this, like, embarrassment of, like, fucking beers in my fridge, and they're all IPAs except for this one that isn't, and I'm so happy to see it. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, any final thoughts about um, Pretty Pretty Dresses, Joni? Um, I, was, I went on a damn journey with this one, dude. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, um, I I don't think so. Really, like like I said, um, this this is I will argue to say that this stretch from nine pretty darn angry men, oh, till maybe the wedding of Bobby Hill, might be the single greatest yeah. stretch in the in this entire series. This is our golden did, age. The, yeah. Did you see what? Did you? Days. Oh, did you dude, see what is ahead. next? I'm so excited. Yeah. Like yeah. just our very oh, next episode. Yeah, I'm we might, so happy. I'm not even afraid to tell you, you listeners here, you might see our very first double blue flame with the next episode. Oh man, yeah, like, like <laughs> I'm so excited because God, I I was bitching about pregnant pause, like, but here we are, like season three. We just, we just, we, we screwed up the first snap. That's all it was. First That's play all. of the game, we screwed up. But God damn it, if they didn't get it back and throw three touchdowns and got like two interceptions. Like, oh, God, right yeah. now, they're about to set the all Texas high school record for yards. Like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So. But before we do that, we better get out of here unless we get too horned up for this. Johnny, where can the good folks find us? Uh, they oh, can wait, find shit. Not that. <laughs> Hey, yep. skipping that, Johnny, I don't even need to ask you this one. Do you still like King of the Hill? Because oh, I know Mark. the answers are a resounding yes. Is it Mark, like... I love King of the Hill. Oh, God, we're you, backtracking man? this. Yeah, I'm going to backtrack this episode, this outro, to the Christmas bells, and it's a wonderful life. Because, God damn it, if it isn't a wonderful life at this point in the series, 
It's never gonna be this good again. No, it God, won't. God, Johnny, enjoy this time. Hold on to the next couple weeks. Johnny, you and to me and listeners, hold on to this feeling and keep it in your heart. Cause this is what's gonna get us through shit like lucky. Ugh. Alright. Johnny, where can the good people find us? The good people of the internet land can find us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com if you're into that email thing. They can find us on Twitter at dangolepodcast. They can find me at krautballstream. Kraut is in sauerkraut. Ball is in Swedish meatball. And stream is in a small body of water. How about you, Mark? You can find me on my other podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, or you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter where I sometimes post funny things, but mostly it's just shit that I find funny and no one else does. Um, real quick before we leave, if you folks, fine yes. folks out there, have not had a chance to check out the recent documentary released on HBO about the life and times of Brittany Murphy and the controversy surrounding her death, I can wholeheartedly recommend that. You get a lot of really cool interactions from Kathy Jimmy, who worked very closely with her on King of the Hill, and it's really kind of a cool documentary if that's something you're into. I would definitely uh, recommend it, and uh, yeah. Right on. Maybe maybe we do a Christmas episode, and I'll watch that and talk about it with you. Who can say? <laughs> oh, man, you, you want to talk about something depressing? Go ahead. I, I'm just so I'm so high right now. I'm just so up. I'm so happy. Like My, my <laughs> face hurts, Johnny. I'm smiling too damn much. Like, Oh, man. Oh. So for all of you guys out there, uh, this is probably around a Christmas, about as close to a Christmas episode as we're going to get. So we wish you the best and hope you have a happy holiday. I think this is going to come out in January, but yeah. Let's hope you yeah, had whatever. a happy holiday. I hope it was fucking great. I'll try that again. Um, Johnny, something cool happened here today. You brought me around. You did the thing that we set out to do on this podcast for the first yeah. time and brought me around. And that's such a weird, awesome feeling for me. And I just, I needed to talk about it for a second. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> holy shit. I knew dude, I could do it. You did it. You put this one up. Dude, I was going to give this bitch a, a damn megalo because it had some <laughs> funny bits. And like, I hated this episode. I was mad at this episode until we talked. I like, even in the beginning, I was trying to not hate on it because I know you love this episode. And like, oh God, you, like, you turned me around, man. You spun me right round, baby, right round. Oh, anyway, hey, listeners, thank you for joining us. Hope you had a happy holiday. Hope 2022 is better for you than 2020 and 2021 were. and Or maybe this gets released before the new year. And if it did, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm off my timeline. But yeah, Johnny, you talk. I love you all, everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. You have a great night. Good night. <laughs>